Welcome everyone to Knuckle Puck Time. I'm Andrew Apple. I'm hungover. And I'm Mark Winsky, and I'm in a bathroom. Not not on the toilet or anything, but uh, transparency, baby. Let's go. It's Knuckle Puck Time! What the heck kind of a shot was that? You've never heard of a Knuckle Puck? Whoa! This week, Mighty Ducks, Game Changers, Episode 6, Spirit of the Ducks. I know it's called Spirit of the Ducks, but for the rest of the episode, I will be referring to it as the episode that was written specifically for us, specifically for the fans of the original Mighty Ducks, specifically for the people who understood what a cake eater was all the way back in 1992, even if they weren't from Minnesota. But first... We always like to touch on a little duck-related news if there's something out in the zeitgeist. And this this week, we found out a little something in the zeitgeist. So, uh, Mark, um, could you give us a little bit of a recap of episode three about how Koob and Evan and Nick ended up getting Koob's phone back? I think I'm picking up on what you're selling here. And um, Koob graced us with his beautiful, angelic voice. And he sang, I believe it was a song from Les Mis, if I remember correctly. You do. Um, yes, because uh, how could I not? And and it is now as as as... Andrew will fill us in has been shown that he is now cast in a screen adaptation of 13 the musical by none other Jason Robert Brown. That is correct. So as I was scrolling through deadline, as I normally do, came across this article, Netflix feature adaptation of Broadway's 13, the musical finds its stars. But if you end up looking just a little bit closer, second row, all the way to the right, who's that? Why, that's little Luke Islam, our beloved Koob. He's off there. He's doing great things in the world. Mark, how do you feel about this casting? Do you think that he's going to be able to shred his duck persona? Uh, or is he typecast forever? Yeah, no, he's an adorable kid. And he's got charisma and his comic chops are there and his voice is beautiful so i'm excited to see it and see him uh, hungover david any thoughts on this before we jump into the actual episode i'm delighted by it anytime that that people bring me joy and then you see them succeed that's how the world is supposed to work big thumb Move up is yep. delightful all right. Well, as we find out more about that, we'll be sure to talk about it. But right now, let's jump into the episode. And, you know, guys, I, I don't even have a full recap this week because there's only two main points we need to talk about, like we talked about at the end improv, of last week. Improv the recap. Yeah, I think Andrew should improv the recap. Oh, improv that's a great fun. idea. That's a great idea. I think I'll put it in the comments to improv the recap. All right, let's improv a recap just for you guys. This is the episode that you've been waiting for. This is the episode that's bringing back the original Mighty Ducks and sparking that last bit of joy that we needed in Gordon Bombay so that he would pick up the mantle 
of coach once again. The current round of ducks, well, they're having a, a gala. That gala is called the Spirit of the Ducks. Right now, the Spirit of the Ducks, what is it? It's win, 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 win. And for that reason, they seem to think that Gordon Bombay does not represent what the Ducks currently are. So they're giving all the love to Coach T. Meanwhile, some of the original Ducks, they came back into town for it, which led to the reunion that we have been waiting for since the beginning of this show. Guy, Connie, Kenny, Fulton, and Averman, and of course, the original he cake eater, Adam Banks, all joined Gordon Bombay for a slice of pie. And when they realize just how far he had fallen, well, then the ducks decide that as Gordon Bombay once lifted them up, they were going to lift him up. That's all I got. That was, that was that solid. Was impressive. The B story is about whether Evan wants to go back to the Ducks or not and what kind of people they all are and who he wants to be. Yeah, I mean, we knew, we knew though, going in, he, he like wasn't going to do it. So, yeah, and the like, show would be over. That'd be weird. Yeah, right? Be like, that'd be hilarious. Just be like, that would oh, be well, the best I'm series back, finale I'm popular. Back, um, back, all right. Gordon Bombay come, decides, you know, he come, comes himself again, and he's going to be a coach again, and he's he's re-energized and excited. And Evan's like, yeah, I'm going back to the Ducks. They're, they're better. Uh, and the rest Longer, of the team's like, well, then we quit. So Gordon's just like, oh, I guess I, I just won't coach them. All right. That would have been an amazing aristocrats level series <laughs> but i i actually do have a note here where i said oh thank god evan did the right thing and i have to give it up to the writers of the show because they played it up appropriately and like yes obviously we knew deep down that Evan wasn't going to go to the Ducks. And if he did in some like weird Disney twist, it would last for like one episode at most. So when we saw Evan do the right thing, I, I was able to breathe a sigh of relief that I didn't know if I was going to get to breathe because uh, Coach T in this episode, I, I got to give it to him. I don't know if he's a great actor, but I do know that he can play this objective very well he's an impressive Agreed. recruiter i uh the, the vibe i kept getting from him is interviews with john calipari where you can seem like a bit of a douche and people can know that you are a bit of a douche but despite all of this you still manage to be charismatic and empathetic and have this kind of continuous wheel where even rejection just becomes, yeah, so you're thinking about it. Like, it's just this, this spin where he, you just, you want to be on his side because somehow his side just comes across as your side as well. It's, I thought it was great. Yeah, Coach T, Coach T plays that low IQ character that somehow makes the intelligence level somewhat adorable at times when he's taking photos with his life-size cutout and says, oh, excuse me, <laughs> these are just for me and my cutout. I died, I died, I died. Yeah. He was very funny in this episode. He is a meat stick. Like he is a world-class meat stick in the sense that he seems to have no comprehension of 
anything other than hockey, which itself is winning, which itself is the kind of the complete lack of any morality or philosophy other than the win. I mean, you never believe for a moment when he's talking to Evan that he would be inviting Evan back onto the team if he had not lost two quality players already. And it's, it's purely strategic and anything he says to Evan, you can't trust it at all. But in that very kind of sleazy coach tradition, he might mean it in the moment and it's enough. Like it's true enough that the player hearing it gets to hear what they want to hear. They want to be true and they want to believe that this coach does in fact believe in them in the ways that they are interpreting, despite the fact the coach is just kind of babbling off pablum. Yeah. That was quite a spread that coach T set up for Evan, you know, with coffee, orange juice, juices, yeah, just all, all, all the little accoutrements that you like to see when you're being wooed. I've also never seen fresh green juice before. I don't. How how fresh is fresh? Because Mark, you make, you would probably know this yeah. better. Yeah, I mean, I do have a juicer, and you can make it just by putting in a juicer. So probably that morning, right? Like he probably had. Uh, a person make it that's witchcraft i don't believe you <laughs> great on next episode i will show you how to make green juice from the comfort of your own home because not only do we talk about mighty ducks uh, we also just all love food and cooking yeah. and making mm. shit we yeah. really do. And also, I could use a green juice right now. <laughs> oh, man. Yesterday happy was, oh, happy birthday you. to you. I appreciate it. Yesterday was my birthday. Uh, for those of you watching, you can see that I am, in fact, still wearing the birthday hat that my girlfriend got me. I am also wearing sunglasses because the world is bright to a level that I call rude. He won't tell you that it is super glued to his head, but I will. That's uh, okay. That's impressive. Um, I, I don't know how to transition into the next part, so I'm just going to jump into the part that I really want to talk about, which Yay. is the fact that we got <laughs> all of the ducks back together sitting around. Yeah. Uh, Mark? We, we aren't talking about anything else on this episode except that. We are freaking excited. Like yeah, it was great. Uh, it was just... Well, can we just start also with the reappearance of Fulton Reed? Who, how it happened? You just scrape the mold off. We can get another couple of days off of that stuff. Jeez. I'm going to stand by my slight disappointment that Fulton Reed is not, in fact, Matt Murdock's legal partner, uh, Avocados. And Multiverse. 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 Exactly. That's a different thread, different Disney. But to have Fulton Reed reconnect with Gordon Bombay by shattering his car window. I mean, I know we're holding off a bit on the Easter egg, but I mean, we there are so many Easter eggs in this episode. I'm going to blow that one right now because to have the window shatter and have that be the reconnection with Fulton Reed, delightful, delightful. I'll give that a little Easter egg love right now. Just, you know, just just, just, just a little bit of a duck hunt. That was cute and very loud. <laughs> was that my quack? That that was. You, you, you see, the, the nice thing about... Uh, Having all your footage is that I have all your footage. 
<laughs> uh, in some cultures, that means he owns your soul. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What have I got myself into? Uh, you, you, you'll find out as the show goes on. So, Great. Can't wait. Yes, but I would like to focus on feel right now, if that's okay with you, because one of my notes is that this episode was clearly reverse engineered to be the episode that was the crux of the series that was the draw for all of us who saw the original Mighty Ducks movies in theaters. So I had just like a very warm heart watching the entire sequence of the pizza parlor and the ducks in the limo and taking the microphone at the Spirit of the Ducks Gala. And I, I do have one more note that I would like to read. I feel so old watching this episode. I thought that as well. <laughs> I don't know if Cobra Kai has some special magic because Ralph Macchio and William Zabka don't age and the original Ducks did. Connie Moreau did not. I stand by my statement from the last episode and I'm going to stick to it that by appearing in the movie Wet Hot American Summer, she somehow took on that magic where none of those people ever age. No one from that movie has aged more than three or four years since it came out two decades ago. She has not aged. Guy, barely recognizable as Guy. Still a handsome dude, but barely recognizable. Fulton is an adult. Aberman is an adult. Kenny Wu could have been a different actor. Adam Banks, he says in it that he's now a public defender. That fits. You look at the haggard lines in that man's face. That man has had to defend a lot of people. That man has spent a lot of time banging yeah. his head against a wall, hoping that a judge won't be terrible. Yeah. Can I say, can I say, can I say that um, just, just quickly, when I saw these, these ducks back, um, it made me think of something I randomly thought of last week. I just last week put put two to two together that um, that Benny the Jet Rodriguez was also Luis from Mighty Ducks, even though we talked about it. Yeah. Even though you gave me the question, <laughs> who would win in a battle? Sorry, so we had a whole discussion about we which did. characters would win yeah. and specifically yeah. phrased, yeah. hey, this guy or this guy, yeah. you know, and yeah. you just missed it? I, yep. I just thought, uh, play, play the sound, Andrew. I'm ready. All right. Yeah. That, that, that deserves yeah. some applause. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll allow it. Um, it, I didn't, I had no idea. I honestly thought that that you, you were just d describing two incredible '90s nostalgia athletes and comparing them, like like that old show that was called um, Deadliest Warrior. Remember that show? Ah, uh, yes. Ninjas, this was like Attila the Hun versus, yeah. versus Genghis oh, Khan. Oh yeah, that show. Ninjas versus yeah, pirates. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's the same actor. And um, so uh, applause to me 
what cued you in? Did you watch one of those movies or did you just wake up in the middle of the night once you got to Florida and go, oh my God, it's the yeah. same man? I'm pretty sure it was like that. I, I, I saw something and I saw a video of a scene from The Sandlot and was just like, oh, it all... It all makes sense. And uh, so I'm just glad to be alive and uh, was sad to not see him at that table. Uh, also, speaking of not seeing people. He has how, not been an actor since 1997. I know. I know. Want to know how I know? Because you I told don't... me that about five episodes ago when we talked about it. Correct. <laughs> um, also, how they happened to say that Charlie Conway wasn't there, it felt like a pity excuse to me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like, you had to address it. You had to. Sure. I, I personally, and again, hungover, but I personally couldn't think of a better way to explain why Charlie, the original captain of the Ducks, the person who rounded up and effectively called off the, the not good players mm -hmm. to create D2, who then went on to be the team captain for D3. Like, Charlie was the heart of the Ducks. It was Charlie and Gordon. So for him not to be there, you had to have a very clear reason. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. You're Gordon's right. not showing up for us. Why should we show up for him? I mean, you. I can completely understand why something called the Spirit of the Ducks, a 25-year anniversary, which it's also kind of charming to me that they said 25 years when the original Mighty Ducks came out more than 25 years ago. Did yes. Not? Yeah. In 1992. So doing quick math, that We're would almost be almost at 30 years. Yes. Yeah. So let's just play with time. That's fine. It's COVID. Uh, but for <laughs> If I'm Charlie, I completely would imagine, yeah, the beginning of the Ducks was Gordon Bombay. They weren't even called the Ducks until Bombay got them that yeah. Duckworth Law Firm sponsorship and then called on favors from his friends to create the logo and turn them into the Ducks. So, of course, the spirit of the Ducks is going to be all about Gordon Bombay. So, yeah, why wouldn't you, like why would you show up to cheer on your old coach when your old coach doesn't show up for you anymore? If he's putting everything in the past, why shouldn't I? I thought yeah, it was decent. Yeah. I thought it was decent. And it made for some great dialogue right there. I mean, the look on Bombay's face. We, I know at the beginning of this episode, we said there weren't a lot of really great Bombay moments, despite the fact that there was good character growth. But the look on Emilio's face when Fulton Reed said what Charlie said, and he looked back and said, Charlie said that? I mean, just the deep shock and personal hurt it's really good acting and i think that's that was a catalyst for everything that followed so i i do I want like to counter something that you just said because mm -hmm. i don't think there were necessarily a lot of good bombay plot points but mm -hmm. this one was full of great bombay reactions like you mentioned yes the reaction of when he first saw Fulton, 
Like just the shift that you saw in him from the angry guy who just had his window broken with the moment that Alex saw Gordon Bombay right before he went to meet with the Ducks. We had obviously the moment you just said at the pizza parlor. We had the moment where Gordon Bombay was all of us when the limo drove right onto the ice. That was great. Yes. And and then, of, of course, we had the big moment at the end where we heard the words we've been waiting <clears throat> to hear. Oh, you skipped one. When Adam Banks <laughs> is calling out the Ducks and he just and Bombay just laughs. Before I left the Hawks and became a duck, I kind of sucked as a human. Well, I would have fit right in here, though. <laughs> anyway. That was my favorite Bombay moment of the whole thing. Just the open <laughs> laugh at all of all of the Ducks franchise. That was great. You're right. I, I did not mention that. Uh, but I, I have to give a lot of love, though, to the actors that did come back. And you're always going to deal with the issue that when you're dealing with kids, kid actors do not always remain and, in fact, often do not become adult actors. So there is something very special about the fact that they were able to get such a group back together. And... Mm -hmm gave us all those little moments where like seeing Kenny Wu figure skate like well that, let's that get into and it that was let's go that straight was into the Easter egg let's go into it all right, right all right 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 into the duck hunt all right David I'm gonna throw it to you first what do you got I mean there were there are a bunch of them uh the I already mentioned the shattered window which was just I thought that was a, a delightful way to reconnect, though. Uh, the way the window shattered was weird. It was, but don't care. Don't care. Made it better. Made the editing easy. Loved that reconnection. Um, I loved that uh, Connie Moreau, who is now a Minnesota state senator, props. Uh, <laughs> she called out Gordon saying, <coughs> pardon me, saying, What's it going to take to get you to hang out with us? Another criminal court order? Because Gordon had to be their coach because he got arrested for DUI in the first Mighty Ducks movie. That's how he became their coach. He was ordered by the court to do community service. I loved that. Um, that moment was only topped for me in terms of the duck hunt by Adam Banks, the original cake eater showing up for the ducks event completely disgusted and going my god the ducks have all become cake eaters the ducks have become a bunch of cake eaters Ooh, throwback burn nice you're the original cake eater hey i haven't had cake in 25 years i freaking love that and just the disdain on that man's face I love that so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, I, I did so many great moments. That was a great moment, Cake Eaters. Um, another great duck hunt moment was when Kenny Wu did not take hockey sticks, but he took two breadsticks, threw them on the ground, went breadsticks, shirt, and started punching. I think it was- Breadsticks, right? Gut. 
shirt. Got shirt. Yeah. Because the original was stick, gloves, shirt, and yeah. they weren't wearing gloves. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, breadsticks, um, gut, shirt, delightful. Loved delightful. it. Loved a bunch, a bunch of comments about ducks fly together. Mm. Loved that. So many moments. Uh, we already talked about when that limousine drove on the ice. That was great. And Averman was driving it. Because, I mean, we all knew Averman said, oh, I take a limo to work every day. I mean, come on. We knew. Of uh, which got me excited because I was like, oh, oh, they're going to bring in a limo and drive it on the ice eventually. Of course. In this scene. Um, also, uh, just 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 following up on Averman, uh, Matt Doherty, right? Doherty? How do you say his name? Do we know? Doherty? Doherty, right? Yeah. Matt Doherty. Good actor. He, he came in just like, I'm like, oh, you're just that guy. And that's really hard to, to do with a script like this, a cheesy script and being a, just a truthful dude from, from Minnesota. Like that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. We saw it when some of our other also good actors were given these lines of being like, how am I gonna deliver this? And Averman did it <laughs> very well. I just, I, I personally loved my favorite Averman moment in this is him seeing the photo of him with the fro and just going right back into the old Averman, checking out the fro, look at the fro, where my fro's at, and just breaking it out. And then Bombay <laughs> looking at him going, so you still talk like that? And he was like, no. No, no, no. I just knew how much you liked it. <laughs> we remember things very differently. It was a great moment. Uh, it was great. But yeah. Um, one other that was a closeout one that I loved, which was the end credits of this episode, was the original Mighty Ducks theme. That plays perfectly into my big Easter egg, because if you look at who directed this episode, they really brought it home because this was the episode that was directed by Stephen Brill, the Ooh. Mighty Ducks man, the the guy who wanted to play Gordon Bombay and wrote the script for himself, but instead is like the monitor of the Mighty Ducks world because he kept showing up in random roles and making sure Goldberg didn't die. Like, I'm I'm assuming like he was pulling the strings the entire time. That's cool that this is the episode he directed. I didn't catch that. I mean, the, the entire episode was structured brick by brick to be satisfying and progressive nostalgia. Yeah. So we could probably go frame by frame through this episode and find a thousand little things that were meant to just kind of tickle us in all the right ways. Uh, I don't think we need to go frame by frame because this whole episode could be part of the duck hunt. That's why we loved it. All right. So if we finished up our duck hunt, then there's only one place for us to go. And that is the penalty box. The penalty box! This don't make no sense. (laughs) This don't make no sense, Keenan Thompson. 
All right. Mark, uh, I'm going to throw it to you first because I'm guessing David's list is a lot longer because it's always longer. So what do you yeah. got? I, I, yeah, I don't have too many this time, to, to be honest. Um, I was a little upset at the end when when the team finds out that Evan has, has a practice with the Ducks and he goes to the Ducks. And then we're not yet given an explanation. We're not given an apology yet. We're not given any kind of anything other than they're just pissed that he goes. Um, it Which was like, be. yes, I agree. Justified. I wanted to, I think I just wanted the apology there. And I didn't get it yet, so. So th this a that's actually something that we've talked about quite a bit on this show, and that's they have turned this into a TV show. Because if this were a movie, you're right, this would have ended on a happy note, and we would have left with warm, fuzzy feelings. But it's not. They needed to set up the next episode. And and let's be honest here. I mean, we knew. We knew deep down that when we saw someone recording Evan doing the triple deke at the Ducks practice, that the next logical story pl plot would be that the don't bothers find out and they lose their minds. What I did write down was, oh, thank God I watched the trailer for next week because otherwise I would have been wrecked. Um, when you're dealing with Disney, no matter what the Disney project is, whether it's Avengers or whether it's Mighty Ducks, you know deep down that no matter what, everything is going to be okay in the end. This is a constant in Disney. There is a reason why the guy who directed Dodgeball, a true underdog story, who, fun fact, wanted originally to have Vince Vaughn's Average Joe's lose because he was like, yeah, that, that that's just how, how it goes sometimes. There's a reason he's never done a movie for Disney. Just saying. But the fact that we ended on this episode I kind of feel like this was our Avengers Infinity War and the rest of the series, because we don't have that many more episodes. There's only four episodes left. I mean, that's going to be our end game and hopefully set us up for literally, literally <laughs> an end game. I'm excited. And, because and, the, the, we are going to say now that they are going to play the Ducks, correct? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're setting that up and, very, very clearly. And I'm I'm saying they're going to lose based on what we just talked about. But who knows? Well, <laughs> I, I should have talked about this earlier, but that was actually one of my favorite moments in the show when Evan is at the gala and he looks at Coach T in just the most serious of ways and he's just like, I'll see you at States. Probably not, but- Probably not, <laughs> whatever. Probably not. See you at States. 
Probably not. Whatever. <laughs> so, David, go ahead and give us your long Torah scroll list of penalty box things. I actually don't have that much this week. <laughs> what? Get you out. said Torah scroll. Yeah. <laughs> no. That was good. Um, I'm an actor. I'm an actor. <laughs> Birthday, baby. Anyway, uh, there were a couple things that frankly surprised me. Like the fact that in the, the Twin City Slice, they're drinking beer. I'm not used to seeing people drink in any capacity in Disney. That was surprising. I mean, they're adults. I get yeah. that they're adults. I get that. It's, it's still, it's Disney. I just didn't expect it. Um, <laughs> the main penalty box thing that I had, why do we find out what every single former duck does now except Kenny Wu? What does Kenny Wu do? That they never th- talk about, they literally go around the table and then just don't <laughs> ask Kenny Wu. Sorry. Um, like they just don't ask him. They don't. They give him the moment later of showing that he's still an amazing figure skater. Yeah, right, yeah. But he's clearly not a figure skating coach because that man's about 80 pounds heavier than he was the last time we saw him. It doesn't matter. He's a coach. We'll go for it. Hopeful. Hopeful, maybe. Yeah. Sure. That would be great. Um, or, or just, just throwing this out there because it's a possibility, maybe there's a reason that we didn't find out what Kenny Wu is doing maybe that's going to come up again later i don't know i am hopeful with some of the ways that they introduced various elements during the final scrimmage between the don't bothers and the ducks of this episode that we're going to start seeing more of these original ducks popping up one at a time two at a time to start mentoring the kids individually uh you know when lauren looks at connie moreau and says lauren. you're my hero it's it's Laura, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when she says you're my hero, yeah, that's a setup for her to learn how to fight that way. I am still expecting her uh and Mallory to become the new Bash sisters. Hmm. That yeah. Oh, oh, guys, we have two new characters from the Czech Republic <laughs> with the team. By the way, Holy. that's that was an amazing amazing just quick one line drop from nick which is well, one, yeah. one of my favorite things in the show that as as andrew has mentioned previously there are laws around how much time child actors can actually be on set blah 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 and so but still every episode we have one or two truly great lines from nick and this time there are two kids who just showed up wanting to join the team from the czech republic and Nick just turns around and goes, I have the perfect nickname. They're the Checkmates. I paused the episode. And then he explained the joke. And then he explains the joke, which is the best. That's the best. Checkmates. Chess? Because they're from Czech? Whatever, it's gold. The follow is just so good. I like that Uh, so much. But I just want uh, an episode of, of Nick's Greatest moments after a couple of seasons i could see that being up there with like the john mulaney bit about how he could watch an entire episode of <laughs> iced tea learning what 
what people were saying, figuring out. Being are like, you oh. supposed to tell? Are you <laughs> telling me he lacks to dingle little girls? <laughs> are you telling me that he? Yeah, just that that kind of running list. Just like, oh, like when someone eats too much chocolate, oh. or someone buys too many scratchy lotto tickets. Like, I feel like if you could do a whole episode of Ice T doing that, which support of John Mulaney, I would watch that. I would absolutely watch that. That'd be fabulous. I oh, would absolutely yeah. watch an entire episode of just Nick one-liners. I want to see no, no, no house sitcoms. Last thing, this just brings me joy in general. This episode, David mentioned it too. Like th this episode, truly just brought me joy. Like seeing seeing these characters back together, so great. Um, I something that would also bring me joy is is if the show did an episodic kind of um, uh, a, a directorial view when they show an episode from a specific character's point of view. You want a Rosham on it? And it's just Nick. <laughs> I it's would just so enjoy Nick's, that. Yeah, it's just <laughs> Nick's point of view the entire, entire episode. I do love the the Thirty Rock episode that did that, where you get to see how each character actually sees the world and yeah. sees everyone as Muppets. Yeah, the the best one is it's always sunny in oh, Philadelphia being with Frank? Frank episode. The being John Malkovich party. If y'all, if y'all listening have not seen that episode. Go watch it. Yeah. We're, we're venturing out of the Disney world now, though. Wait, hold on. We are. Uh, it's Always Sunny is on FXX. Is that not now owned by Disney? It is, yes. Hey, so we're so not leaving the Disney universe. Okay, but yes, uh, for, for the many people who watched early seasons or some episodes of early seasons of It's Always Sunny and then moved on, some of the episodes in later seasons of that show are truly spectacular. Not just incredibly clever and incredibly funny, but also really, really beautiful statements, art, everything. I mean, the the finale of not this last season, but the season before is one of the better episodes of television I've seen in the last decade. Yeah. I, I'm not an avid watcher of the show, um, but is, is that the one where Mac does the interpretive dance? Yes. Okay. Yes, that uh, is the one. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Truly a beautiful, beautiful episode. And also a really fabulous dance. I mean, it's it's this gorgeous modern art piece that, and I know there are a lot of elements there where people would go, uh huh, okay, it works. It really works. They really go to the full effort. Rob McElhaney gets in professional dancer shape just to do this, which we could we could talk about this show for. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. We're here That's to talk about the podcast. Like, yes. this is another podcast. And uh, yeah. Let me Which, bring us back on topic because I have a couple more penalty boxes. Um, let's go for it. The first one, in the heat of the moment at the end of the episode where all of the don't bothers are leaving Evan, we saw Logan skate away. When did Logan learn how to skate? Excellent point. It, 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 the last couple of weeks, probably. I guess. If, if y'all couldn't tell, I love to find justifications for all of your penalty boxes. You do. And I will. And I will try my best. 
Well, the, I hope you're right, actually, because then it does kind of make sense why they ended up, uh, you know, why they're going to end up in states because, you know, that it's they're it, getting better. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting um, better. Also, but I hear you, Andrew. Good. Good looking out. Thank you. Thank out. you. All right. And also, this was this was my primary gripe with the episode. And it is small, admittedly, but simultaneously, it was very irksome. Uh, I don't know if there is a rule that the place where you serve your food should be separate from the place where you sharpen your skates. But there really should be a rule that says the place where you serve your food and the place that you sharpen your skates should not be the same place. That seems reasonable. Yeah, I uh, agree. Obviously, as we as we learn earlier on in this episode, when uh, what's her name, uh, Gordon's Winnie, or Winnie, when Winnie is calling Gordon to say that things are incredibly problematic, and he says, "If you just scrape the mold off of them, we can get a couple more weeks out of them." Clearly, Gordon is not particularly interested in living up to any kind of health code violation yeah. standards. Uh, we also learn in this episode that in 2012, the Ice Palace was diagnosed as having structural problems. And Gordon just said, old buildings like this have a way of fixing themselves. The man is not trying. And I gather that's part of the character that we saw previously. Um, I was a little terrifying because if a building has structural problems eight years ago, you know, eight years, assuming this show takes place in 2020 or whatever, um, nine years ago, potentially, that's catastrophic. Also, if you're serving food that has literally had mold on it to children, that's that's criminal. Um, but yeah, the, the whole skate sharpening thing, gross, less gross than the mold. Speaking of food and skate sharpening, as he was sharpening those skates and talking to Evan, I was praying that he had a bottle of ketchup under that skate sharpener. I, I wanted it. Mm -hmm. I wanted it so badly. I still do. I still want to see the prank be played by Gordon Bombay. I mean, can't it? Please, please, Disney. Please. It can at some point, but he clearly was not in the mood for pranks there because the advice he gave Evan was terrible. Yeah. And it was actually yeah. great character growth for Evan that he saw that Gordon Bombay could give terrible advice, that he was not always right, that he was not someone he sh that should just be followed blindly, that there are times where Gordon, uh, especially when he feels wounded and vulnerable, is very selfish but yeah, I mean, like that's that's the majority of what I got. Um, I loved it. We loved it. I mean, yeah, I, if, if it's not clear by now, yeah. If it's not clear, those are my final thoughts. I'm taking it in already, but like, I loved it. Loved and it, loved it, Joy. As a whole, this by far was the fewest number of gripes that I think we've had with any episode Absolutely. whatsoever. You know, it's like I it, this is their sweeps week episode, per, uh, proverbially uh, for, for those who don't know, th there's this week in TV where the ad rates are set 
for how much they charge per commercial on broadcast TV and uh, based on like one specific week. And like when your show has like a death or a breakup or, you know, two characters that you want to see together that you've been waiting four seasons for, like they're going to put that during sweeps week. Like that's where all the things you want to see, all the things you show up for are put into that episode. And admittedly, you know, there are commerce reasons for doing it, but they've turned it into being a creative thing as well. This creatively was that episode. This was the episode where if this did not work, like if they could not get back the right group of ducks with the right charm and create the right catch up story for them, this series fails. This series does not work if we don't have a warm, fuzzy feeling when Evan meets the original ducks and the torch is proverbially passed. There's not much to gripe about when they do that right. And they did. They did. So uh, with that, I guess we can just jump into our final thoughts, but I'm, I'm guessing it's probably going to be a fairly short final thought because David, you're going to say that you loved it. Mark, you're going to say that you loved it. I'm going to say that I loved it. And then uh, we're going to say that we screwed up and we forgot that Keenan is waiting in the waiting room. No, again. Yeah. So uh, next week, we'll get you on next week. Keenan. We had a blast at the party oh, last night. I intentionally it was the bathroom break. It was the bathroom break. That's yeah. what took us over. <laughs> My bad, Dan. All right. Well, do My you only have final thought beyond love? Is I truly hope we get to see these old ducks come back to mentor some of the kids individually more in the future. And there's a part of me that still really hopes that at some point before the end of this season. Once Gordon has truly gone back to being Gordon and once the Don't Bothers have started really showing what they can do, that Charlie comes back, even if just for a moment, and meets Evan and goes and looks at Gordon and goes, I get it. I get it. I'm proud of you. And moves on. Because we know that doesn't particularly want to come back, that he didn't particularly want to do D3, but this is history. It is nostalgia. And it's what made it. It's what made his career. Yeah, it made his. It, 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 it started his career. Yep. There'd be no Pacey Witter if there were no Charlie Conway. Absolutely true. <laughs> and with that, <laughs> I think that's the perfect place to end this episode because we're going to end on a high note of happiness. <laughs> I have been Andrew. I remain David and also hungover. And I'm Mark Winsky, who is still in the bathroom. David, in your hungover state, before we go, can you tell us why Dave Carp owes you $10? Absolutely not. Stop asking. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye.